It's time for the December 17, 2021 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a vague approximation of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And... As always, <laughs> Time Magazine's fake news dog of the year, Mahler, the fake news dog. Mahler? Mahler, do you want to take a bow? Where'd he go? Mahler? He's go? very shy about these kinds oh, of things. Gosh. Mahler, come on. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Today, we'll be talking about beaver damage. What? All electric cities, touching the sun, deep fake abuse, brain surgeons, rocket scientists, and then some, <laughs> but first. Yes. Do you consider yourself a, uh, a, a handy, um, no, handy person? Wow. A person who can work with tools, you know, uh, oh, if the plumbing goes out, no. you're under the sink, no. taking I, care of stuff. I dread it. Every once in a while, I stumble across the right answer, the right thing yeah. to do, but very rarely. So no, I do uh, not consider myself a can handy you, person. Can you? pound a nail into a board i can do that that's okay. basic stuff but can if you, you ask put me drywall N no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right how about with electronics again that is a hit and miss I cars would... cars no no Ooh. you ask me to set the timing on a 1962 you know plymouth valiant yeah no not gonna well, happen that's i mean i'm just saying any kind bit... of any kind of thing where you have to 62 I had one of those. I, I had a Plymouth oh. Valiant. That's why. Uh, that was my very first car. What year was that when you had it? Uh, I had it in. in, in well, we don't. No, I don't want to go there. In 1960. <laughs> it was. It was somewhere. It was somewhere within the last 40 years. I had that. Yes. A 62 Plymouth Valiant. Yeah, the one you remember the it had the tire uh, imprint on the back hood. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah that's the, a, that's the one I had. I had a 57 Chevrolet. Oh yeah. There you go. And it had an actual Continental kit. When I bought it, I okay. bought it used. What's a course. Continental kit? That was when you had the tire on the outside of the trunk oh. in an encasement. Right. That, oh, wow. Yeah, that Those was all are... kind of fancy. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a... But I took it off because I didn't like that. <laughs> that was what old people had. They had Continental kits. <laughs> right, right. right. And it got in the way of the trunk. I wanted to, you know, because yes, when that's you, true. You, know, you opened the trunk and you had this big tire in front. Well, it was encased in... Is it steel? Yeah, or yeah there was metal. Metal, metal. Yeah. you had a, you know, wow. if you had a flat tire, you had to disassemble yeah. the Continental kit in order to get the tire out, too, right, right. which seemed... I know, it's a very cool look, but it's impractical, it sounds like. Which yeah, you're... yeah, I guess it's a cool look. Okay. I like I like the, the, cleaner. the sleek lines yeah, yeah. of the 57 Chevy, yeah. but, anyway. you know, it's a road hog. It yeah. ate a lot of gas, yeah, yeah. leaded fuel. People who like those old cars now, you know what? Yeah. I know what you're gonna yeah, yeah. Go, go there. No. I don't care because yeah, I feel the I, same I just, way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were pretty vehicles, but they're a symbol of a fat America that wasted a lot of resources. That's right. That's right. So you're not a handyman, huh? No. Or a handy person. Handy person. From the French National Institute of Health and Medical Research, a new study shows that working with tools and language uses the same neurological subsystem, which is located in the same brain location called the basal ganglia. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Apparently using a tool in the real world actually improves 
your ability to understand the syntax of complex sentences. Hmm. So language and using tools work together. That's great to know. And vice versa. Syntactic training improves our ability to use tools. Okay. So what happened to you? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And as you can tell from this program, I'm syntactically challenged. Syntactically. Syntactically challenged. Syntactically. Yes. Uh, these findings could be applied clinically to support the rehabilitation of patients who lost some of their language skills. Yeah, good. Yeah. Paleo neurobiological research. That's back in the old days. Not the research, but looking at what was going on biologically in our neurology. Research there has already shown that the brain regions associated with language increased in our ancestors during periods of technological boom. Mm -hmm. well, we were well, industrial revolution. They don't do this now, but when I was a little t taught. You were a taught? I was a taught, a toddler. They gave you one of these uh, little like a board with holes in it and you would and you could put things in it and you had a little rubber hammer and you would hammer the things down into uh -huh. the you could do that i could do that right. really well i had a lot okay. of anger issues too so i really like doing that but but uh yeah that might have helped with your language skills that may i have. assume yeah, that it yeah, did yeah, yeah probably uh the new findings could help with the rehabilitation and recovery of language skills in patients who can use tools hmm. And the findings also give us an insight into how language has evolved throughout history. When our ancestors, ancestors began to develop and use tools, their brains changed, exponentially upping the ante of language. Know what I'm talking about? I hear you. Yeah. I hear you, sister. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh. Now, Mahler, no. he's not too great with tools. Well, it's the old opposable thumb thing for yeah. him. You know, it's, it's tough. That helps a lot right there. The yeah, it really thumb. makes a difference. Well, probably doesn't, you know, compared to but, syntactic exercises, yeah. having a opposable thumb probably trumps yeah. Yeah. any of that. But but he lets me know what he's thinking almost every time. Really? So, yeah, I, I'm no, no quite, yeah, no problem understanding. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Yes. Ah, from the journal Microbial Ecology. Microbial Ecology. Researchers found that microscopic bugs are evolving to eat plastic. I saw this story this week. Yeah, they're yeah. eating plastic, the yeah. bugs. Apparently, the microbes evolved to carry a plastic degrading enzyme. Yes. That's what happens. Yes. These bugs could hold the key to creating enzymes that break down plastics and improve our environment so we don't choke on plastic waste. And because we don't seem to want to take care of the problem ourselves. Yeah. So nature is beginning to process this. Well, thing. for itself. For we it. don't know how that's going to affect us. Exactly. What happens when they yeah. figure out that they can also start chewing on human bones yeah. with the same microbial entities. Uh -huh. Like, okay. Well, that Who knows what the, those yeah. microbes can do? Soil and greener people. The attack of the microbes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The scientists also found that almost 60% of the enzymes were previously undiscovered wow. and could break down plastics in a way they haven't seen before. This is all new stuff. So one way to fight plastic pollution is to create enzymes that can break down more resilient types of plastics. So they'll discover new enzymes. They'll see if they adapt to this and start chewing up plastics. The next thing you know, plastics we haven't even made yet right we could decompose exactly amazing 
absolutely amazing. It could be a good thing. To, you, yes. Yeah. Uh, first take is anecdotally. Yeah. This sounds like a good thing. What we need is more plastics. These things need to need to survive and live and thrive. So we no, need we more have plastic. to feed the microbes. We need to feed the microbes. That that could be a band name. I don't know. Feed but the you, microbes. Yeah, feed the microbes. I, like I don't that. know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, there you go. There it is. We've come up with so many fine band oh, names. Oh, so many. Just reading the news. Yeah, we sure. From Science X Daily, the 16th straight health check for the northern polar region spotlighted, spotlighted the first ever rainfall at Greenland's summit station. Oh. War, that's instead of snow. Yes. Yeah. They get rain there. Record warm temperatures between October and December 2020 is also something that uh, came out in this report. And the new problem of migrating beavers in the Arctic. What? Yep. The trends are consistent, alarming, and undeniable, U.S. O National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administrative Chief Rick Spinrad said. Uh, yeah. Now let's take a moment and pause and consider Mr. Spinrad's last name. That's pretty scientific sounding to me. No, you got spin yeah. and you got rad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty rad name. It is. It's yeah. a very rad name. Yeah. The loss of the great white cap that once covered the top of the world is one of the most iconic indicators of climate change, Mr. Spinrad said. Yeah. The Arctic is Earth's air conditioning. Billions of people rely on its moderating influence on climate. Yeah. We have a narrow window of time to avoid very costly, deadly, and irreversible future climate impacts. I just I just saw as I was walking out the door I just saw the headline and the first paragraph of a story on the uh deer hunter deer herders of northern like Finland Norway that area uh -huh. and they're now seeing a different kind of snow that they've never seen before in terms and and they're very concerned was it about frost, the, too frosty or not frosty enough it or? wasn't the I you're getting into more detail than I got from that story <laughs> well I'm just saying the, the different kind of snow. The different, yes, that's uh, that's my that's the best I got right now. Really, but, but that it was. I will follow up on this story, but that a it different was kind of snow. Well, it was apparently not. Look the out kind for of, that different kind of snow. It was yellow. They don't know where it came They're from. Not yellow. No, no. I'm just They're saying that, that the, these these sheep herders, goat herders, reindeer herders are saying that it is having a dramatic impact on the population of the reindeer in that part of the world. And it is a direct result of climate damage. That's the point I'm well, trying to make here. Yeah. It's but you have no idea what's well, in this. Uh, is it poisoning the reindeer? It, yeah, it's making it unsustainable for them to survive. Thank you. The that's reindeer. a good way to Okay. That's a good so way to put it. So there's something amiss in the yeah. composition of Yes. It's still cold H2O enough for moisture and... to come out of the air and drop on the ground, but it is not a sustainable situation for these not enough snow not in well, no i don't okay no, no. all right well let me let me anyway yeah. these irreversible future climate impacts one of those impacts is beaver migration yeah well we need the beavers to stay where they are don't we pretty much so yeah. scientists call the expansion of beavers into western alaska stunning yeah there are more than twelve thousand beaver dams there now double the amount of two decades ago and you think, well, you know, they're just talking about beavers because they're a couple of stupid old men. No. No. 
Beavers are a problem because they dam an area causing more water to pool on the surface, which enhances permafrost thaw, making roads, airports, pipelines, and structures less stable. So if your house falls down in Alaska, don't come whining to us that we didn't warn you. Right. It also changes where fish and even beluga whales live. The beavers, because of their dams yeah. and saturating the water, or saturating the land up there, yeah. is actually impacting fish and beluga whales as far as how the water drains into the land. Yeah. It's a real transformation or disruption of the existing ecosystem. Beavers have a lot of impact. They do. Yeah. They do. This is the thing. I mean, these, these systems are all interwoven. They impact one another. And when one part of the ecosystem is out of whack, it yeah. affects everything else. Busy They're as busy. a beaver. Busy as a beaver. Busy as a beaver. Did you ever have a windshield break, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, a little, little yeah. rock on the highway. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes it's just a little crack. Right. right. And you're thinking, well, it's just a little crack. And you come back the next day, and it's a little bit bigger crack. Yep. I was actually in a car once where it went from that little crack to across the whole windshield in about a second. Because oh. that's all it takes at one time. When it, when it, when gets, it gets going, it goes. Oh, I haven't seen and that. And it just yeah. goes. Yeah. Okay. From BBC News. Scientists discovered a series of worrying weaknesses in the ice shelf holding back one of Antarctica's most dangerous glaciers. And this important buttress against sea level rise could shatter within the next three to five years. Until recently, the ice shelf was seen as the most stable part of the Thwaites Glacier, a Florida-sized frozen slab that already contribu contributes about 4% of annual global sea level rise. So you got this lake glacier out there. And it's about a Florida-sized glacier. This is, they, they call and this- And we got an yeah. ice shelf right. that's holding it in place. Right. Because of the ice shelf, the east, eastern portion of the Thwaites Glacier flows more steadily than the rest of it. The Thwaites Glacier, by the way, is known as the Doomsday Glacier. Right. People are probably reading about the Doomsday Glacier yeah. now. That's what gets our attention. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's yeah. it. Doomsday! It, ah! it, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean... Yeah. I mean, we've had Doomsday, glaciers... Doomsday! Doomsday! We, right. We've had Glacier. Uh, yeah, he's out. He's down, out playing yeah, somewhere. Mahler, get uh, engaged. Mahler, one hour a week. It's all we ask, yeah. okay? Yeah. yeah, okay. That's it. <laughs> I mean, right. people, you know, the glaciers the size of Manhattan have been not, uh, dropping off all over the place. Yeah. 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 That, that's, yeah, oh, well, no, big deal. Yeah. But you say doomsday. All of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, my God, really? This yeah. is serious. The new data show that the warming ocean is eroding the eastern ice shelf below. Satellite images show several large diagonal cracks extending across the floating ice wedge. These weak spots are like cracks in a windshield. One more blow and they could spiderweb across the entire ice shelf surface. Wow. When the shelf fails, the eastern third of Thwaites Glacier will triple in speed, splitting formerly landlocked ice into the ocean. Total collapse of the Thwaites Glacier could result in several feet of sea level rise endangering millions of people in coastal areas. Huh. Yeah. Where would that be? There. That would be... 
That'd be right down the road. Yes, it would be. Newport Peninsula. Yes, it would. And Laguna Beach. As, as I've said before, please stop me if you've heard this, people. You can turn off the radio if you want. If you're a real estate agent and you're selling property on Newport Peninsula, on Balboa Island, Lido Isle, and you don't tell people what's going to probably be happening in the next 20 years, you are you are practicing malpractice. You're an American. You're, you're, you're an American. You're a real American. Yeah. You're going to make a lot of money off those $5 million you. homes. Good for you. These people have to, don't tell them what's going no, on. I don't. Sell them a lemon. What really? Really? You're, yeah. yes. Okay. If this news makes you want to move to another planet, may I recommend a donation to KUCI as an alternative? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. I didn't know if we have time. Maybe do we could do, do this you at the end. Find out what what that snowy yeah, thing is. Yeah, but it's a longer st- story, and but I just feel basically, like I'm is it a ramble chemical here. composition, or yeah, is well, it... the, these these Sami, these are the people of of northern uh, Norway and Finland, yeah. are seeing. So this is a new snow that has no name. They have a name for everything. A new snow. A new snow that has no name. Uh, oh, they're well, reindeer herders. I don't know what it is. No it's name. like uh, early. Snow of March. These winters are are warmer now. There is rain, making the ground icy. The snow on top of it is very bad snow, and the reindeers can't dig for their food. Oh, there you go. I there it they is. can't get Thank down you. into. Very good. Yeah, very that's good. so a, they can't yeah. access their food. Yeah, because the just, snow is be, so it's like it's frozen too much. It's sheets of ice. Yeah, you, you get probably, water and rain, and then yeah, it freezes over. That's probably the way it comes down. Yes, you got a nice snow level, right. and then it rains on it, and right. it freezes like ice, and it can't break through the ice. The Sami are the only indigenous people left in Europe, and they have more than a hundred different words for snow. Uh-huh. And this is and this, this is, is a new snow, and they don't even know what to call. Yeah. This stuff now that's i think pretty significant in the world of. i'd like to learn the new word for that snow well i have it i don't think i could we say could make it. it a band name. no they're called well there you go it's another band name truly i can tell you what they call it what but i can't say it it's what right is, here it's right there what, it's, in the, try? it's no. in the middle of that oh chevy it's like a 57 chevy <laughs> no it's t-j-a-e-v-i yes to j-e-v yes or to j-v yeah or chevy yeah, it, it's yeah, it, that's you what don't they're, speak they're, the language. It's kind well, of they're hard struggling to, to come up with a new word for it. So, Chavy. but it's icy. I would call and they, it now that. the little reindeer can't get to their yeah. food. Yeah, so there you go. <sighs> Aren't we full of happy news? Right. From the Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration announced an effort to jumpstart the removal of every underground lead water service line in the country. Yes, a move meant to stop the poisonous metal lead from flowing through the taps to millions of American homes. Yeah. yeah. Half a dozen years after the water contamination fiasco in Flint, Michigan, shined a national spotlight on the problem, the Environmental Protection Agency is set to write stricter standards for drinking water that would compel water utilities to dig up and replace lead lines from coast to coast. Up to 10 million lead pipes still carry water to homes and businesses around the nation, carrying with them 
the risk of leaching the dangerous neurotoxin into drinking water. And it's bad. It is really bad. You don't bad. want especially, lead in your drinking especially water. Especially early development, early that, brain development. Yeah. This is a terrible thing. And by the way, Nathan, this is science that we knew in the 60s. Yeah. And here we are, literally 60 years later, and we haven't gotten around to replacing all yeah, of these things. No That's kidding. a failure of government. Yeah, That's this a, problem yeah. is very 1957 Chevy-ish, you know? <laughs> Biden campaigned on removing all the nation's lead service lines as part of his plan to upgrade the nation's aging infrastructure. There you go. So a little plus for Joe there. There you go, yeah. Uncle Joe. From Grist, Ooh. the New York City Council voted to pass a bill that will address New York's biggest source of planet warming emissions, the fossil fuels burned in its buildings. You know, gas stoves, stuff like that. The new law will prevent developers from installing fuel-burning systems in new buildings and most gut renovations. In other words, when you just clean out the whole inside of the building and yeah. start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, starting in 2024, forcing them to instead design buildings with all electric heating, hot water, and cooking appliances. All electric. All electric. They were trying that years ago. Yes. You know, yeah. all electric homes. That was a thing. Yes. When you got an all electric home, you got a little doorbell. Yes. And it had a, like an electric uh, bolt of electricity on it and a little family standing in front of a right. home. Right. It was a very tiny little. It's like a good housekeeping seal of approval yeah. kind of thing that, by the way, if anyone even knows what that is. Municipalities usually don't have a lot of tools to change how green their electricity supply is, but. Many do have control over their building codes, yep. and cutting the use of natural gas, propane, and fuel oil in buildings can make a big dent in emissions, especially in cold northeastern cities like New York. Heating and hot water systems alone are the source of about 42% of New York City's greenhouse gas emissions. Big buildings are a nightmare in that regard. They are just spewing out all kinds of bad uh, mojo out into the atmosphere and getting those things under control. There's something called LEED, which is LEED? a certain LEED, L-E-E-D, which is a certification for the level of sustainability that a building has. Oh. And there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. And I can tell you from my time at Public Works in Los Angeles, everything being built forward now has to have at least a gold level LEED certification. Mm -hmm which means it's basically not leaking methane into the atmosphere. From the National Aeronautics and Space Administration news feed, for the first time in history, yes. a spacecraft touched the sun. Isn't that amazing? It touched the sun. Touched the sun. <laughs> Mahler does that all the time. But... <laughs> With his nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> NASA's Parker Solar Probe flew through the sun's upper atmosphere, That's the corona, and sampled particles and magnetic fields there. Not only does this milestone provide us with deeper insights into our sun's evolution and its impact on our solar system, but everything we learn about our own star also teaches us more about stars in the rest of the universe. It's wow. a good deal. Yes. New, more news. Even more news from the National Aeronautics and Space Administration news feed. Uh, this NASA mission, another NASA mission, could blast an asteroid that once menaced Earth. We already got it up there. The OSIRIS-REx spacecraft, at one point in time, booped, touched, tapped, yeah. bonked, briefly, the surface of an asteroid called Bennu last year to scoop up samples. 
just kind of whizzed by and scooped up samples. Right. It's yeah. Amazing technology. Yeah. Really. Osiris Rex will arrive in Earth's orbit in 2023, ejecting a capsule full of samples that may help scientists decipher the origin of Earth, water, and life. That's crazy right there. Yeah. But the spacecraft will have plenty of fuel left to visit one of the most famous near-Earth asteroids, Apophis. Okay. That's the name of this asteroid. Yeah, yeah. Apophis was once thought to be the asteroid that posed the greatest threat to Earth. After its discovery in 2004, astronomers rated its chance of hitting our planet in 2029 as high as 1 in 37. That's pretty, pretty yeah, high. Yeah, it's a long shot, but it's pretty high. I yeah, wouldn't want to yeah. not bet on that. Right, right. The highest, well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, high probability. Uh, yeah, it's a high probability. probability for an asteroid hitting you. The highest in recorded history that uh, those odds were. At 1,000 feet across, that's what Apophis is, it would not end life on the planet if it hit, says who, but it would decimate an area hundreds of miles across. And who knows what will happen after that, it, you know, where it hits. Right. Right. One of the big theories about why dinosaurs went away was that an asteroid large enough to kick up enough dust in the atmosphere to essentially block out the sun yeah. and eventually end their existence on the planet is yeah. thought to be one of the leading theories as to why dinosaurs went away. An asteroid or yeah. Um, yeah, meteor hitting us. What if it hit a uh, uh, Russian atomic bomb site? There you go. I'm just saying. And the Russians. And, and detonated them for by some peculiar yeah, accident. Yeah. yeah. I'm you, crazy, I know. No, 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 you're not that crazy. There's a lot of things that could hit there, that might be fairly dangerous there, to there, hit. There was a silo in, I. it's somewhere in the Midwest. I want to say Idaho or, or Nebraska or something. And it caught fire. The silo caught fire. Wow. Literally. This, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and they were really concerned <laughs> about the the possibility a fairly high possibility that thing was going to detonate that yeah. atomic bomb. Next month, the OSIRIS-REx team will put forward its proposal to NASA to extend the mission with a decision expected by this April. If it goes ahead, the spacecraft will spend 18 months studying Apophis after it arrives. By working out its mass, density, structure, and structure, scientists will know how spongy or hard the asteroid is, telling us how best to deal with it yeah yeah how, how, what would be the best place to hit it you know how much explosives do we need or how much of a tap this in turn could inform a future mission to save earth from apophis or another asteroid this has to be one of the most positive developments in terms of space travel space exploration yeah is our ability to defend ourselves from these flying rocks around the uh, the uh, universe so yep good for yeah. good good on them yep you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. On Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. And on the web at KUCI.org. From Esquire. Mm-hmm. Uh, column by Jack Holmes. Okay. He's kind of the uh, political editor there at Esquire. You know, Charles Pierce is yeah, uh, the, probably the most famous writer there, and yeah. Holmes is the editor. Oh, fantastic. Trump's White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. Remember him? Oh, yeah. The last Chief of Staff, I believe, 20 to 21, Meadows was. Yes, I believe so. 
He ate, he did some texts. He, he was, apparently he was, he was a very, away he there. was a very happy texter. And apparently it shows that there was zero dispute on January 6th about what was happening. Even Trump's staunchest allies on Fox News flatly acknowledge it was Trump supporters attacking the Capitol and President Trump was refusing to defend the Constitution of the country. But Nathan, it was Antifa. But instead of reporting the news, they spread propaganda at Fox News. Uh, yeah. That's what they did. Yes. That's what, it, you know, your dad still watches Fox oh, News. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. So he likes he, propaganda he likes BS. more than he likes to know anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's... Laura Ingram. Yes. Texting Meadows wrote, Hey, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy. Yeah, his legacy. Funny how these people work, you know? <laughs> That's what they think of, his legacy. Not the fact that they're tearing the Capitol apart. And they're trying to stop the peaceful transfer of power in an, from an election that was, by all accounts... Yeah. Clean. Yeah. Just hours after she sent that text, Ingram was on air spinning conspiracy theories about Antifa. Yeah. Yeah. Saying that they had something to do with They didn't. Yes. Brian Kilmeade texted, please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished. Yeah. Brian yeah. Kilmeade is the mushroom on the morning show. Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite Fox News prop, Mike Sean Hannity? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Sean. He texted... Can he make a statement? Ask people to leave the Capitol? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., texted, he's got to condemn this beep as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about that is that's his dad. Why yeah. is he texting somebody exactly. to tell him what he should do? Yeah. What kind of, seriously, what kind of relationship does that speak yeah. to, yeah. right? Like he has to get somebody else to, well, they're psychopaths, Mike. Yeah. This whole group is a bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. And they know something fundamental. Trump was watching January 6th unfold on his TV, doing nothing to stop it. The capital of the United States was under attack, and President Trump didn't lift a finger. That alone was a betrayal of his office and should have resulted in his impeachment and removal. Instead, Trump is eligible to run again, at which point all of these psychopaths at Fox right. will help him try to win knowing full well that he will reject any outcome of the democratic process that does not suit his ego. They know Trump will even turn to force or at the very least look away as the U.S. Capitol is being attacked. Yeah. Fox News knows Trump is an autocrat <laughs> who wipes his butt with the U.S. Constitution and they will support him anyway, all the while calling themselves American patriots. That's Jack what? Holmes speaking there. There you go. Hold yeah. on. Nathan, please tell my dad yeah. to stop watching Fox News. Oh, with a pleasure. Let me dial him up right now. I got to tell you. <laughs> Mahler. Mahler. You prankster, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Washington Post, District of Columbia Attorney General Carl Racine sued the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers over the January 6th attack on Congress mm -hmm. and will use a law written to cripple the Ku Klux Klan. That's interesting. An old law mm -hmm. from 1871 to seek stiff financial penalties for the far-right groups that Racine alleges were responsible for the violence. Cripple them. 
Yeah. Cripple they, they them. Were, this is they a good were idea. very much responsible for yeah. the virus. The, and this is violence. a good law. Yeah. By the way, the lawsuit filed in federal court in Washington cites the modern version of the, of an 1871 law known as the Ku Klux Klan Act, which was enacted after the Civil War to safeguard government officials carrying out their duties. Yeah, it's been the modern version of that. It's now called the Very Fine People on Both Sides Act. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they've, they've renamed it. <sighs> From Los Angeles Times. After the Supreme Court declined to block a Texas state law that bans most abortions there, Governor Gavin Newsom here in California said he'll push for a new California law that deters the manufacture and sale of assault rifles in the state. In a statement Saturday night, Newsom said he was outraged by the court's failure in a decision to enforce longstanding constitutional protections in favor of abortion rights. But by not striking down the Texas anti-abortion law, which relies on private citizens for enforcement, Newsom argued that the court has endorsed states' rights and that state laws can be out of bounds for federal court review. I think that's calling a bluff right here. I do, too. I, I do too. This has nothing to do, you know, this drives me crazy about L.A. Times and a lot of newspapers. They're saying, oh, he shouldn't do this because the Texas state law is wrong and and he's doing something wrong by imitating this Texas, Texas state law. Yeah. No, that's not what he's doing. He's calling their bluff. Yes. He's saying to the Supreme Court, OK, if this is the way yeah. state rights are going to work now, yeah. then. I'm going to do this. You're opening up a whole can of worms here. Right. There's going to be states doing all sorts of things based on the precedent you just set. Well, Ed, you're absolutely right. It's a publicity stunt to draw yeah. attention to exactly what I wouldn't what call it that. I thought you call it a chess move. Well, okay. okay. You know, maybe it's a publicity stunt but because it got publicity, but I think it was a fine move. Right. If It, it sets it up the Supreme Court now when they actually have to decide this next year, right. this Texas case. They're going to have to consider what Newsom just did. Right. Thank you. It, it spurs conversation. And maybe are there maybe there are states out there who will do things similar to what he said. Yeah. I just real quick. We've talked about this before. Um, and that is the state of California is not at all opposed to the imposition of gun control legislation. Ronald Reagan signed legislation. Yeah. <laughs> gun control legislation. Yeah, tell them about that. Yeah, well, real quick. Yeah. When the Black Panthers yeah. showed up in Sacramento <laughs> carrying guns, yeah. carrying rifles, that, that was enough. Yeah, you could yeah. you'd have had uh, you know yeah. five hundred white men out there carrying rifles. No, no problem. No yeah. problem. A couple of Black Panthers showed up, and yeah. all of a sudden the NRA is backing legislation to for gun control yeah. in in uh, the state of California. <laughs> Thank you. One of my favorite. That, that is a great story. Stories, <laughs> it really is. Uh, from MIT Technology Review, the metaverse has a groping problem already. The metaverse. Oh, the metaverse. What a Last week, Meta. Is. You know Meta. Meta. The, the umbrella company formerly known as Facebook. Yeah, whatever. Not that Facebook's name has changed, but they're the they're the overseeing entity that. It's their it's marked. their multi tens of millions of dollars campaign to rebrand themselves into something less. Dystopian. Yeah. Well, not yeah. anymore, though. Yeah, there you go. Last week, Meta opened us access to its virtual reality social media platform, Horizon Worlds. Ooh. There's something wrong with that name, Horizon Worlds. I don't know. They, they wouldn't be satisfied with just making it singular, Horizon World, which I think would sound a little bit better. It had to be Horizon Worlds. 
I don't know. Early descriptions of the platform make it seem fun and wholesome, Horizon Worlds, drawing comparisons to Minecraft. In Horizon Worlds, up to 20 avatars can get together at a time to explore, hang out, and build within the virtual space. But according to Meta, on January 26, a beta tester reported something deeply, deeply troubling. She had been groped by a stranger on Horizon Worlds. Okay. An avatar groped an avatar. A virtual groping. A virtual groping. In between a wave of zombies and demons to shoot down, she says. Yeah. I was hanging out with next to Big Bro 442, waiting for our next attack. Well, right there, you know, it's okay to blast apart other beings, yeah. but let somebody touch you yeah. in the wrong place, and, well, yeah. that's the bad part. Then, Suddenly, Big Bro 442's disembodied helmet faced me dead on. His floating hand approached my body, and he started to virtually rub my chest. Kind of tough to read that. Stop, I cried. This goaded him on, and even when I turned away from him, he chased me around, making grabbing and pinching motions near my chest. Emboldened, he even shoved his hand toward my virtual crotch and began rubbing. There I was, being virtually groped in a snowy fortress with my brother-in-law and husband watching. Oh, my. Well, yeah, but this is okay. No, I mean this That's is the whole thing. That's not you. That's not a real place. It's it's a virtual world yeah. and it's offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's offensive. but it's not a real place. Yeah. And what what exactly is your brother-in-law and husband watching? You blowing up zombies. <laughs> That's what they're watching. And then somebody else who was blowing up virtual zombies did something virtually that they shouldn't have done. But it's still yeah, not the, real. The whole and I wonder, could this be a publicity ploy? Am I reading all this to get gropers out there interested in yeah. Meta? Yeah. Is that really Mark Zuckerberg's fantasy? I think this is always and all the time, every time all this stuff is about driving clicks. Yeah. This is all about clicks. More clicks, more money in advertising. All of this, whatever the story is, good, bad, indifferent, it's all about clicks. Yeah. So just by reading this, yeah, I've helped Meta out. Well, I doubt it. Anyway, yes. if anything is clear, it's this. There's no body that's plainly responsible for the rights and safety of those who participate anywhere online, yeah. period, yeah. let alone in virtual worlds. Until something changes, the metaverse will remain a problematic space. Yeah. How about if we force law enforcement to open up all the rape kits that they have been ignoring for decades? Yeah. And focus our attention. Exactly, the real yeah. stuff. The real stuff. These rape kits, these evidence of rape, there are tens of thousands of them that have been sitting in law enforcement lockers for, de like I said, yeah. decades. Let's open those up and start figuring out who is really groping and, and raping who have been raped in this country, right? Well, and, and let's, for them. let's keep security online a little bit more yes, tight. Yes, of course. If, if, of course. You know, if some elderly person just lost their whole life savings right. because they were fished by some hacker let's let's have some insurance to cover that let's yeah. let's bring somebody into court and put him in jail because of that let's really have some investigation into that yeah. that is so much more serious yeah. than this little yes. action of zombies and demons it's and offensive i agree and it shouldn't happen but God, jesus from wired Speaking of yeah. online sex, yes. the deepest 
The biggest deep fake abuse site is growing in disturbing ways. A deep fake website that generates nude images of women using artificial intelligence is spreading its tentacles across the web, spawning lookalike services through partner agreements and recruiting new users through a referral system. Now, this is a little bit more disturbing to me than the story we just read. Mm -hmm. in digitally, it digitally removes clothing from non-nude photos to create non-consensual pornographic deepfakes. Researchers say its output is hyper-realistic, and unlike similar abusive platforms, it can generate realistic pornographic images even when the person in the original photo is fully clothed. Last year, researchers discovered a deepfake spot used to abuse more than 100,000 women, including underage girls. Of course. And during 2020, more than 1,000 non-consensual deepfake porn videos were uploaded to mainstream adult websites. So you could go to an adult website, and I could see you there. I wouldn't want to. No, you don't. Or you could see me there. I don't. Well, yeah, no, you no, no, see neither, yeah. One, neither one of those things should happen. Or you could see... Um, but what I'm going to do is God, I'm going to go see home. Kevin Stockdale. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, you could see him. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Or, Sorry, you know, God, God anybody, yes. anybody we know. Yeah. I'm going to go home. Any I'm young, gonna take all my clothes off. Child. I'm gonna take all my pictures. Yeah, I'll put them up online, and yeah. you guys can have at it. If you really think that that's something you need to see, well, that's another issue, Mike. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. I'm in looking general, for attention. Anybody. Yeah. Anyone's Any, child. Yeah. Could be no, involved is, in a pornographic video. While many U.S. states and U.K. have the have laws on revenge porn, they don't cover deep fakes. It's only on is revenge that right? porn. Well. Yeah. The UK's law commission has been consulting on the legal challenges of deep fakes since 2019 and is yet to propose changes. In the long run, it may be difficult or impossible to track down and prosecute non-consensual pornographic deep fakers. A person who is based in Asia may not be able to be prosecuted in the United States or the United Kingdom without extradition. Which or, is another whole process, yeah. right? So this the, the deep face in general. Yes. You know, the pornographic stuff just brings it to your attention. Right. But deep fakes in, in general are very disconcerting to me. Just as what you know, what you can do politically to someone. Yeah. What you can do exactly. even you can make someone lose their job. Well, can, what about the deep fake video that comes out four days before the election? Yeah. Right? Yep. And it and th that's it. That's the impression that people have as they're voting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. From the Guardian, brain surgeons and rocket scientists are no brighter than the rest of us. <laughs> Researchers examined data from uh, or data from an international cohort of 329 aerospace engineers and 72 neurosurgeons who completed 12 tasks online using the Great British Intelligence Test. The tasks examined various aspects of cognition, including planning and reasoning, working memory, attention, and emotion processing abilities. The researchers then compared the results against those gathered from more than 18,000 members of the British public. The findings, were, which were published in the British Journal of Medicine, reveal that there are no significant differences at all between rocket scientists and the general population, Neurosurgeons, however, were able to solve problems faster than the average person mm. because they generally, in their line of work, have to solve problems faster than the right. average person. But neurosurgeons also showed a slower memory recall speed. So it's, huh. it's all kind of even. 
we essentially, Mike, both of us we are, are. When, when people say are, you're no brain surgeon. Yeah, I could say, well, was that? So, Look at Ben Carson, for example. I, you, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Look, I have no, I will not question his expertise in the world of operating on brains. I, I, I will, I will say, ben I will Carson, hand my brain to well, him. I would give my brain to him if I, if I needed to, and I would have I would. no, pro <laughs> no problem believing Carson. that he's really good at Not what me. he does. Oh no, because that's Not what he, we were told over and over. He's a brain surgeon, yeah. but when you watch him and listen to him talk, yeah, outside of his realm of expertise. Yeah. Oh my God! He has a slower memory recall speed. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot more issues than that. Yeah, and I was just like blown away. I expected someone who would be his depth and breadth of knowledge about things that I, outside of brain surgery, I would have soon would be greater. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yep. Wow. Thank you. So don't ever say anything yeah. positive about brain surgeons <laughs> or rocket scientists, <laughs> comparing yourself to them. Unless you're as good, Mike. You're as good as, as Warner Von Braun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, from the Associated Press. Yes. Authorities are searching for a pig that has been wrecking havoc in a South Carolina neighborhood. Just one particular pig. One this pig. Is a Officers warned people not to try to approach the huge hog, writing that its size alone is of concern. Wow. A big pig. A big pig. Going around North Carolina. They describe the suspect as large, pink, and elusive. <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now. <laughs>